Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Executive Cyber Education Podcast. This podcast we will discuss, evaluate, and educate you on the topics of cybersecurity strategy, governance, risk, and compliance. I'm Dr. B, your host. Today's episode, we will discuss a strategy to select controls to assess. This strategy can be used to select any controls for your assessment. As a framework for security control selection, this approach is standard or regulatory standard agnostic. The steps we will discuss today will make sure your control selection is objective and repeatable, two key ingredients for a great program. So are you ready? Let's get started. First and foremost, you will need to establish the absolute truth, your North Star, if you will. This step in particular is not mandatory. So a disclaimer right up front. However, it will bring legitimacy to your approach. In this step, you can use a wide variety of standards or frameworks. Frameworks such as the NIST Cybersecurity Framework or COVID-5 and standards as 27001, ISO, or the NIST 853, revision 4 or 5, depending when you listen to this podcast. These references will be used to guide your control selection. The example I'm going to use here is based on the NIST Cybersecurity Framework. I know this is mostly a US-centric framework. However, for those international listeners, don't worry. Fundamentally, this approach can be used with any framework. There are few advantage of using this Cybersecurity Framework or any other framework you might be using. First, it is a common language that most CISO and CSOs are familiar with. They speak more to a business audience than anything else. Second, it will guide you through each area deemed important by the industry. And I I say industry here because remember, the NIST process allows for public comment on their standards. Therefore, the industry definitely plays an influential part in the development of these standards and frameworks. By leveraging the NIST cybersecurity framework, you can break down your controls by function and categories. These functions are identify, protect, detect, respond, and recover. These functions are further broke down into 23 categories, which I'm not going to go put you through a reading of these categories, but I'll make them available in my show notes for you. These categories are not necessarily controls. So key difference here, they are rather objective statements. For example, I'll read one here for you. Asset management, the ID.am. It states, quote, the data personnel, devices, systems, and facilities that enable the organization to achieve business purposes are identified and managed consistent with their relative importance to business objectives and the organization's risk strategy, end quote. This particular objective statement encompasses several control areas. If you heard me saying it encompasses logical to physical and risk, right? So the data, personnel, devices, systems, and facilities. And towards the end of the statement, we close it with the organization's risk strategy. So encompass several of them, but which the, the NIST and the cybersecurity framework 
maps it to the NIST 853 for you. So that's great. But your next step you have at this point will be to identify the corresponding controls on your documentation, your policy standards to map to these. So a key point here is personally, I recommend starting to record your findings at this stage. I know you haven't started your assessment yet. We just doing control selection. However, the reason being is you may find that your organization does not have all controls documented or they are documented elsewhere outside of cybersecurity organization. They could be on the physical security documentation facilities or even the enterprise risk management, the ERN department. Here is where your scope statement comes in handy. What did you say or promise management you would do? Take a listen. What did you say or promise your manager you would do? If you need to readjust or refine your scope, this is time to do it. Put a warning here for you. Make sure you are not trying to measure or promise to measure, for that matter, maturity. Because if you narrow the objective statement, you will have no reference point to measure security control maturity. You have to make three decisions at this point. Are you doing all NIST cybersecurity framework categories or just a few? Two, subcategories, objective statement. Are you going to cover the statement or refine it? And last but not least, the third decision you have to make is on control selections. Are you using NIST 853, CIS controls, ISO 27001, or any other security control? So let's discuss the potential options here. Doing this NIST cybersecurity framework in its entirety has its advantage. You can establish a baseline for your environment and potentially measure maturity against your governing documents and NIST cybersecurity framework. However, if you tackle these effort as an LOE or level of effort within your team, be sure you know what you are signing up to do. This work is quite extensive. As you can see in my example uh, with uh, the category, the asset management, assessing data, personnel, devices, systems, and facilities, and how they align with your risk strategy is a lot to take and may require, depending on how mature is your cybersecurity program, a great amount of pre-work prior to starting the assessment. Two, doing a partial NIST cybersecurity framework will require you, from you actually, to define what partial means. It is a partial objective statement or is a, you know, a complete objective statement, but only one or two complete categories. So let's recap that. So you're doing a complete objective statement or is just a complete objective, but only one or two complete categories. Depending on your choice, the first obvious impact will be in effort, while the second impact 
will be if you decide to do partial objective statement, meaning you will refine it, not take word for word as established in this cybersecurity framework. Remember, as I said earlier, you will lose the point of reference for maturity measurement. If you go with unaltered objective statement, but only one or two categories, you will be able to now, or in the future, measure compliance to a category level. You'll be able to report, for example, that for an environment X, you are 73% in compliance with this cybersecurity framework detect category, hence 70, 73% maturity. If your policy and standard don't complete match with the cybersecurity framework, you can further break down your reporting by potentially state something, something like the 73% compliance with the cybersecurity framework and 82% compliance with our internal government documents. So you have two maturity uh, grades, if you will, right? One from your internal documents, the other one from your cybersecurity framework. Now, if they are completely aligned is one measurement, but by doing so, this option too, uh, allows you to work and provide you a little bit more flexibility on your measurements and metrics. And that's only if you take the complete statement. Once again, you give you that reference point. The third decision point was the control selection. And here, the NIST cybersecurity framework provides you with some great free resources where it maps the most commonly used security controls, such as, as you see on the standard, is the CIS critical security controls, the ISO 27001, and of course, the NIST 853, as I has start 40. Here's an interesting narrative. Would you like to tell management that you are in compliance with NIST 853 or the NIST cybersecurity framework? The difference being, if you claim to be compliant with the NIST cybersecurity framework, you can choose a mix, mixed set of security controls from NIST 853 to CIS, uh, 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 CSC controls. However, if you would like to claim compliance to the NIST 853, a disclaimer at this point, a disclaimer statement needs to be added to your report. If you follow the NIST CSF, as the framework does not cover all controls in the NIST 853 standard. If I recall correctly, there are about 70 security controls, give a little more or less, that are not used in the cybersecurity framework. Additionally, if this is the direction you're going, you cannot mix and match security controls to make this claim. So you need to have that very clear before you start, before you select your controls, right? Once you have made that decision on what path you are taking, you need to select your controls. First, and what I recommend, select the NIST 853 controls, then map the corresponding controls to your policy standards. Create a spreadsheet with at least these columns. You need to establish a function, column, category, subcategory, NIST 853 controls, your company security controls, task questions, expected evidence, gap, and notes. 
those are just the minimum columns. And, and now let me cover a few here that I did not discuss. Uh, so one of them is uh, that I'm, I want to talk about is what they are in their purpose. So the task questions column is where you will document interview questions that you or your team need to ask to gather the required evidence for the corresponding control. Developing the question is a separate exercise in itself. Make sure the questions are open-ended, focused, and unambiguous. Try to avoid compound questions. If you have to, develop two or more questions. This will make your job in analyzing the results easier down the road. Make sure in compound questions, what I mean is uh, you ask something and or in those you compound more questions like you, you, you trying to cheat yourself. Oh, this is one question. No, actually, in reality, it's two or three. Just, just make clear, just separate them. We'll be better for you later. The expected evidence, the other column that I, I want to discuss is, in this column, you will document what you are looking for, or at least what you are expecting as evidence of compliance to the corresponding security control. The evidence needs to be sufficient, appropriate, audit evidence, which according to the Public Company Accounting Oversight Board, audit, audit standard number 15, and I'll provide the link on the show notes, sufficient refers to the measure of the quantity of the audit evidence, while the appropriate refers to the measure of quality of that audit evidence. The last column that I want to talk about is the gap column. Although self-explanatory, I want to discuss the purpose of it. The column will later be used to measure the maturity of the environment or even the program. That is the purpose. And we'll discuss in later podcasts how to use that, how to measure, and I'll provide you a formula for it. So now that well, you all have the you all have now the elements you need to start selecting the security controls. And taking the first or rather the second step into your security uh, assessment journey. The first step was, remember, selecting the environment. This process and approach will set you up for future enhancements, such as being able to measure maturity to either your internal governance documents or to an established industry framework. But remember, I use the NIST cybersecurity framework, but you can use any framework that you see fit to your organization. What we discussed today were foundational steps to any cybersecurity program. So go ahead and experiment. But if you do so, let me know how it goes. I'm always looking for a good success story. Well, this is it for now. Please make sure to subscribe and leave a review in iTunes so you don't miss any future episodes. I'm glad you stopped by today and I appreciate you for spending your time with me and spending the most expensive currents nowadays, time. See you next time. This is Dr. B, your host. I'm out.